This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Laravel News Podcast. This is episode 173. Uh, you are hearing Michael's voice now doing the intro instead of Jake's. Last episode, I missed out because I had COVID. And this episode, Jake is missing out because he's got some family stuff to deal with. And so I am joined by none other than Australia's very own Tim McDonald. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm going well. Now, Tim, I missed last episode because I had COVID and you just came off the back of what sounded to me like a much more severe case of of what I had. Uh, I had I had a seven day isolation holiday with my brother because he tested positive a couple of days before me, and I was saying just before we we started recording that it was it was probably going to be more detrimental to my health coming back home after leaving my wife with two kids for a week uh, because they were all fortunate enough to to test negative than it was for me to actually have COVID. But you, you sounds like you got hit pretty hard. By oh, that. yeah, yeah. Really did not enjoy the last week or so. Uh, not enjoyable <laughs> at all. So, yeah, continue to get vaccinated, people, because it's still bad. I think I must have been maybe Keeps like coming. one of the last people in Melbourne, Australia, to actually get COVID after everything that's happened here. Yeah. So, you know, doing all right yeah. in that regard, I guess. It's uh, it's amazing how long, you know, some people, you and I, I guess, specifically have lasted without having caught it. And it was funny because my wife had 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 a cold the, the week before. So when I started to get a little bit sick, I was like, you know, it's just that. Mm. And then on the Tuesday, my brother tested positive and, and my sister who lives interstate from my brother and I, she tested positive on the same day. And it wasn't until, you know, three, four days later that I thought I better just do a quick rat. And uh, that came up with the, with the line. I was very faint. Um, so I went and got the PCR done and yeah, straight away we're, uh, packing my bags and I went to go and stay with my brother just so that, you know, we could avoid the kids getting it. So it was, it was odd. Um, but I had like the snuffles for a day and, and that was it, fortunately. Um, yeah, that's lucky. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing that we're all kind of experiencing and sharing this, this like, you know, global phenomenon. It's uh it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it is. Um, but we are not here to talk COVID. We are here to talk Laravel news. And before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Honey Badger back again, sponsoring the show. They are your error uptime and cron monitoring solution, whether you're using Laravel and PHP, or if you're using any of the other supported platforms like Ruby or Python, we will talk more about them later in the show. But first up, there is a new redesigned artisan command in Laravel 9.22 along with a few other bits and bobs. So let's kick off here. First up, Luke Downing contributed a file validation rule object that provides a fluent interface, much like we have with the password validation rule. So where before you would have something like request validate and you would say file required um, file and then you'd pass like mimes colon and then a comma separated list of mime types and a maximum file size in, in bytes. You can now use the new file rule object and go file colon colon types and pass that as a nice array we've got some nice named methods smaller than um, dimensions and so on and so forth they give you a really expressive and clear and ide click throughable um, validation constraint uh, we won't go too much more detail of that but you can check out pull request number 
4271. We'll have links to that in the show notes, of course. And fresh on the heels of the fresh look for the artisan stuff that Nuno has been working on, we have a new and improved artisan serve command. I can't really explain it. Picture says a thousand words, as they say, but you can check out more about that in the show notes. And next up, Delaware Hussain and Tim McDonald collaborated on an attach many method for mail messages. Now, we spoke about this a few episodes ago um, with this new attachable implementation that, that Tim brought into the framework, which allows you to attach files, images, PDFs, whatever, from paths on the file system in a nice, clean and concise way. You can, you know, use this for models. You can say that a model is attachable and, and provide an implementation for the two mail attachment method in order to just pass a model directly into your mailable. So that makes things nice and easy. Um, you can call attach multiple times. The method has added was added as a convenience when you attach them on uh, and one call in an array format. So definitely check that out. This is the new attach many method. Uh, we've also had a contribution from El Shino, which is um, adding conditional lines to a mail message. So this gives you a, uh, before if you had to wrap everything in conditionals inside your uh, message, you've now got a new line if method that allows you to pass a, uh, a truth constraint as the first parameter. So you could say line if this amount greater than zero, and then pass as the second parameter uh, the value that you want to go on that line in your mailable, which is a nice way to quickly put together those uh, mailables that Laravel gives you right out of the box. And lastly, in in our notes here, we've got a support for multiple hash algorithms in the file system. So this one was contributed by Douglas Medeiros, and it's the support for various hash algorithm various hash algorithms in file system where you can also specify a hash algorithm as an optional second argument of the file hash method. So by default, it'll use MD5, but if you want to use SHA-1 or SHA-256 or any of the other PHP supported algorithms, you can now do that directly. Uh, That's all for this release. You can check out a complete list of the new features and updates. Uh, We will have links to all of that in the show notes. Yeah, there's some really good stuff in that release. Like the the fluent file validation stuff. I've felt that so many times and like never done anything about it. So I love that that's come in there. Mm-hmm. Like all those named methods are really nice and those kind of builder patterns on the on the validation rules, they always feel really nice. So um I really dig yeah. that. And shout out to Nuno, like that that dude is an absolute beast. The amount of stuff that he's going like the effort and like the, the detail that he's going into with all these artisan commands, mm-hmm. they just look absolutely beautiful. And it's really nice having yeah. like a consistent UI across all of those things. You know, we love consistency and I think, you know, he's he's really going deep on that stuff. So yeah, some yeah, cool he's, stuff. He's knocking out of the park. And, and I mean, he's been doing CLI stuff for a long time. Laravel Zero has been out in the wild for years. And so being able to bring a fresh look of paint to the, the artisan console and all of the different tooling that we've got there is is really nice. Um, and one day when I get to Laravel 9 again, <laughs> I'll be excited to use these things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it, it all looks really great. That's a really solid release. Um, cool. Well, I shall jump in with the next release, uh, which is Laravel 9.23. Um, so this release has a few different features in it. Uh, one of them is a new artisan docs command. So the artisan docs command is something that I wanted for a while uh, as a quick way, because I spend so much time in the CLI myself and, and I, I added this feature. So, you know, um, just keep that in mind as I'm, <laughs> as I'm saying that it's a good feature. For those, for those of you who don't know, if you've seen the name Tim McDonald, but you haven't put it together yet, this is the Tim McDonald that works at Laravel. 
um, and has been churning out all of these little quality quality of life improvements and and new artisan commands and and, and help Jess out with the the Vite integration, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely not not going to prefix my name with the, but just you know, just Tim. Um, so the <laughs> artisan docs command, is something, yeah, it's something that I wanted for a while to be able to you know I spent so much time in the in the console, um, and I remember one time I typed in like npm. I was trying to run npm. Um, I think it was start docs to start like a, a view press thing. And I typed in npm docs start in reverse and it opened me up to like the documentation for the start command. And I was like, that is super cool to be able to just like jump to the documentation that quickly. And you see this in other tools as well, like composer and things like that, where you can kind of go and see mm-hmm. packages and things like that. And I thought it'd be really sweet to be able to just jump somewhere specific in the Laravel documentation. And that's what this, this command does. So for those that kind of spend a lot of time uh, on the terminal, there's a new command. So PHP artisan docs, and then you can, um, if you just type that command in, it'll open up a list of all the pages that are available on the Laravel documentation. And you can start to kind of type. So you can type in like request and it'll pre-fill request lifecycle. And if you hit enter, it'll open a browser and take you, take you there. But Kind of the real point of this uh, command was really to get people that once you've used Laravel for a little while, you want to go to like the validation rules and you want to go to like the collection methods and you want to go to maybe the helpers. And so I wanted to make it really easy to just like jump to say the unique validation rule. Um, so I made it that you can kind of type PHP artisan docs and then validation, and that'll take you to the validation page. And then you can go even further and say PHP artisan docs validation unique and it'll take you to the unique method on the validation page so there's a little bit of learning of like how how the tool works and whatnot but as for a general rule it's really like there to get you when you know where you want to go alternatively Mm -hmm. you can actually just do a search across um the larafel.com website so if you type in php artisan docs dash dash and then you can type anything at all and anything you type there will pre-fill the Laravel.com search, Algolia search. So you don't even need to know what you're looking for. You can kind of just kind of pre-fill that search. And this is kind of a replacement for, not a replacement, an alternative to the Alfred workflows that people are kind of been getting into as well. But Very nice. Move on from that. Um, so uh, we also had from Matthias, and I'm sorry, Matthias, I'm not even going to be able to pronounce your last name. Michael, do you want to have a stab at that? Okay. Sorry, Matthias. Sorry, Matthias. Um, But uh, Matthias introduced fluent JSON where not assertions. So with the fluent JSON assertions, um, you can kind of narrow down and be really specific about the JSON that you're expecting. Um, And there's a new um, assertion. So you can say where not uh, status pending or, 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 or whatever. So if you're using the fluent um, JSON assertion stuff, which was is is relatively new. Uh, I think it's been in, in mm. around for a few versions. It's really nice. There's a new where not assertion. So thank you very much, Mateus. So we've also got a delete model quietly feature, uh, and this was contributed by Enjurin Damiala. Uh, I'm sorry, I've totally butchered that name as well. I'm terrible with names. I'm I'm, I'm with Jake here. I am absolutely terrible with names. I can hardly pronounce my own sometimes. Right. Um, and this is a d- delete quietly method. Um, so what this is going to do, if you've got a model 
um, say you've got, you know, a post or a, or a user, you can call delete. And when you call delete, it's going to fire off all these events that you can listen for and do all these things. But the delete quietly method will make sure that those events don't actually fire. And so all the, all the listeners kind of won't trigger. Uh, and this is similar to just kind of deleting straight in the database via a query, uh, but you can do it directly from the model itself. So um, that can be quite useful sometimes. So thank you very much for that contribution. Uh, another feature that came through is uh, adding the conditional trait uh, to the file system adapters. And the conditional trait is something that's kind of popping up in a few different places in the um, in the uh, framework. So if you haven't kind of checked that out, go have a look at that. It's, it's quite useful. And you can use it in your own code as well, which is quite nice. Uh, and this allows you to kind of run commands against something um, in a more fluent way. So say you've got a storage disk, you've got your public storage disk, you can say when and then pass through a condition and then call delete and then, you know, delete profile.png, whatever it may be. Uh, And that way you only delete that profile when the condition is true. So it kind of allows you to uh, basically ditch the if condition and kind of push it further down into the code, but makes your kind of code more fluent. So uh, thank you very much to Ralph for that contribution. Finally, the last feature that we've added in this release is support for uh, content security policy nonces, SRI, which uh, is sub-resource integrity, and then just arbitrary attributes for the V directive. So... Vite, uh, the Vite tooling, uh, which has you know, been coming out uh, rather recently as well, it auto-generates all the script tags and all the link tags for your JavaScript and for your styles. But the problem is, is that because it's being generated by the framework, there's no way for you, well, there wasn't until this, this PR came through, for you to kind of hook into that process to add your own attributes. And it's important to be able to add your own attributes for different things like content security policy. So, so this allows you to kind of just put arbitrary. So if you're using turbo links, um, there's attributes that you want to put on your JavaScript to say, don't reload this every single time the page changes. You just want to put Mm -hmm. different attributes on your tag. So this allows you to do that. And, uh, so that's kind of the arbitrary attributes. Then the sub-resource integrity, what we've done is kind of just work with conventions here. So realistically, uh, Laravel doesn't so much bring sub-resource integrity, but if you, use the uh, sub-resource, the Vite sub-resource integrity plugin, then Laravel's automatically going to add sub-resource integrity uh, into your into your attributes. And what sub-resource integrity is, just briefly, it means that there's a, it, it puts a hash on the attributes um, that should match the hash of the file. And that way the browser will actually hash the contents of the file and check that they match. And if they don't match, then there's a problem. And this is good if you're kind of hosting stuff in a, in a content delivery network to make sure that things haven't changed. So, mm-hmm. and then we've also got, yeah, uh, also support for a content security policy nonce. So we can, Vite will generate the nonce for you behind the scenes and then add it into the script tags and the style tags that get generated and then you can pass that nonce to other things like Ziggy and, and whatnot or, or your actual middleware. If you're not familiar with what those things are, go check out the PR and then also check out like the MDM docs on those on those specific details. Um, they're definitely good things to know about because they add extra security to your application. And that is 9.23.0. Um, so go check out the release notes uh, for more details. Uh, and that is that release. So thank you very much to everyone who contributed to that release. Amazing. Yeah, it's um, Jake and I say it all the time. It always seems like, you know, where do we go from here with a framework and and what can we add that there are, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of users, millions of use cases, 
um, edge cases being discovered all the time. So it's it's great to see that you know we keep getting these kinds of contributions and things that don't don't seem you know groundbreaking or whatever. You know, you mentioned that you had the issue with the 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 fluent or the builder interface for for file validation. You know, that's something that you don't necessarily think of, and then once you have it, you don't know how you lived without it, kind of thing. Mm. So don't 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 sleep on the ideas that you've got. Um, if they're if they're fleshed out and and you know, useful to people, they, they get in, you know, and all of us benefit from it. So yeah, a hundred percent. And, and the like the small quality of life improvements are sometimes the best like that. Yeah. That fluent rule validation, like I'm a hundred percent going to reach for that every time now it's just there and so convenient. And um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're really lovely. Perfect. All right. On to the news. We've only got one little item here and this is for statics server, which is an object oriented wrapper for PHP's built-in server. So this gives you a, as it, as it says on the tin, an object-oriented wrapper around the built-in PHP server. If you've never used this, if you've ever used um, PHP Artisan Serve, you can use PHP dash, I think, capital S to, to spin up a server if you're just wanting to look at some, some basic PHP stuff. And this allows you to essentially start an application server, booting your, you know, vendor files, your autoloader, your composer stuff. Um, and gives you a server class with an array-based configuration of options or a fluent API, which supports use cases like capturing server output, running in the background, and programmatically stopping the server. I don't don't really know. Do you, do you have, like, I suppose this would be useful in scenarios where maybe you're wanting to spin up a small application for testing, like something in CI maybe. Mm. It's it's a good... if. You know, if you've looked at PEST and you don't really know, this is using PEST PHP um, for for testing. So it's a it's a good use case there as well to go and have a look at the sort of um, testing strategies and the way that they go about that. But in terms of use cases, I can I can see it being useful. I know that when Adam Wathen built the ZTTP library, that he and and I think Frakes talked about it in the past as well where they've used like a little Lumen instance to to sort of mm. host an application within CI for the purposes of of testing. So this is like a lightweight wrapper, so you don't have to bring in like the Lumen framework to do that. You can just use um, the static server to, to do that and, and sort of spin up a little application server. So yeah, uh, you don't you don't have anything. I, I'm thinking if someone wanted to um, you know build like a a valet clone. Um, something like that. Maybe this would be useful mm-hmm. to kind of just have a, a a more programmatic way to kind of write it if you wanted to write that in in PHP rather than kind of just you know spitting out the the shell commands. It, it looks like it's it's mostly kind of like yeah, nice a, a PHP UI around the you know the actual shell command like you've said PHP s mm-hmm. which I use all the time. Super convenient, and it looks yeah. like you can run it in the background as well, so it doesn't actually take up the 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 main thread, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So I reckon what you said is is probably pretty spot on to be able to kind of spin that server up, push it to the background and then say, all right, now, you know, try and make these requests, do these things, stuff should work. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's some really interesting smaller use cases or testing um, that, that that'd be useful for. Yeah. All right. Well, that, as I said, only just the one news item. So let's kick into packages and or developer tools. Cool. Um, the first thing we've got here is Artisan Tinker in Vim with Tinkeray. Uh, so this is a pretty neat package for Vim users. Uh, and this is uh, built by Jesse Leet. 
uh, who uh, is around on on Twitter, always always trolling on Twitter uh, in, in the best possible way. We love Jesse, um, <laughs> and he's built this tool. Kind of, it, it's kind of Tinkerwell in a way um, for for his use case, which is like just being in Vim, just having a file that you can kind of fire up, get all your auto completion, all your tooling, like you're in the tool that you use every day. So all your shortcuts mm-hmm. are there. Uh, and to be able to kind of write some things out and uh, as you would in, in Tinkerwell and then have the output from those commands actually pop up in Ray, which is something that Sparsy put together. Uh, it's a debugging tool that allows you to, uh, you know, not have to set up xdebug and things like that and c- gives you a, a nice GUI um, to be able to see your, your debugging output as your application runs. And so uh, if you're using Vim, uh, definitely check this out. Uh, it's super useful. I'm actually got this bookmark myself to kind of spin up because I think it's going to be a, a really mm. great um, tool to have. I, I always want to kind of just run a little bit of arbitrary. Um, you know, I've got a command that just says play that kind of opens up a tinker shell. Um, but to be able to just kind of have this uh, looks just that little bit nicer. So um, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, the next thing we have here is the Vite Livewire plugin for, for Laravel, which makes it easy to configure Laravel apps to use Vite with Livewire. It allows components to hot reload without losing state when the component's blade file or class changes. And this is done through configuration in your vite.config.js file. But vite for Livewire has other customization options which you can read about in the project's readme. Um, and you can also see it in action with uh, a demo video that, that we'll link to in the show notes. I think, I guess primarily this is for supporting the hot reloading if you're using vite as your development server. And and making changes to you know blade components and live wire files without without having to go through the process of like manually refreshing the page because you know we're not barbarians and and it's 2022 we don't have to do that anymore so definitely check that out if you're using Vite and and using Livewire at the same time um, I would no doubt run into errors doing this and everyone's code is going to have errors and even code that is written by amazing developers such as our listeners and when those errors do happen it is nice to know that Honey Badger has your back. HoneyBadger makes you a DevOps hero by combining error, uptime, and check-in monitoring into a single, easy-to-use platform. I'll send you alerts in real time with all the context needed to see what's causing the errors and where they're hiding so you can quickly fix it and get on with your day. And with the included uptime and cron monitoring, that also lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs go missing or silently fail. You can go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star, Josh, and Ben created a 100% bootstrap monitoring solution, which is important because by being self-funded, they only answer to us, the developers, rather than venture capital overlords. You can check them out at honeybadger.io. Thanks again for sponsoring the show. This uh, this Vite plugin for Livewire is really cool in that it doesn't have to do like a, a browser refresh. You know, if you're just using plain Blade, then you 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 do a browser refresh, which means you kind of lose where you're up to if you've got a modal open or something. Mm-hmm. But because it does the hot reloading, it just like it just happens under the hood without a browser refresh. And for that to happen in Livewire world where there is a request happening and it's you know it's that that kind of it blew my mind when I saw that. I thought that was a very cool feature. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a cool plug in there if you're using Vite and Livewire as well. Absolutely. All right, we have some tutorials here written by our friend, not Steve King. Okay, he's not Steve King. He's Steve McDougal, and I apologize on behalf of my co-host and my fill-in co-host that 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 was so confident. That was so confident. 
I do love that. And they're not here the, to defend themselves. I do love that McDougal is in, in, in bold in our notes here just to make sure that we we got it this time. We got it. Right, right. Because I, I wrote these show notes uh, before we were supposed to record in our normal time, and that was before I found out that Jake wasn't going to be available. So I was, you know, making it very clear uh, for, for Paul Steve that, that we were going to get his name right this time. So hat tip to Steve. Um, generally, with our tutorials, Tim, uh, you may have heard the podcast before. We don't we don't like to read them, especially Steve's, because Steve has has this knack of writing really really amazing and comprehensive tutorials. Mm. But I do not have the the stamina to to read through all of them. Safe to say that the two that we have here are something that you should definitely look into if you are interested. Uh, first up, in building your own Laravel packages, and this is like not just the fluff around the edges of how to do it. It talks talks you through all the way from git init to setting up your composer.json to setting up your git ignore, your git attributes files, your editor config, um, talking about you know building service providers and creating commands and all of this kind of stuff all the way through testing using um, pest because you know that's that's just what we do these days. We use pest and and using orchestra test bench, which allows you to kind of bring in the framework into your packages without having to depend on the framework itself as a, as an app, uh, as a package dependency. And then talks you through, um, you know, writing those tests, building these things out, testing them to make sure that they all work and then packaging it all up um, and getting ready to go. And then even goes into the detail of using Laravel Pint to, you know, to make sure that you are adhering to a code style and using PHP stand for static analysis to, to test over your package. So that is the the very high level of what that is. Um, but if if you've considered building a package, if you've if you've got some application logic that you want to split out so that you can share with the world, this may very well be uh, the tutorial for you. So check that out and thanks Steve for that one. Yeah, this is fantastic. Like this this uh, I read through this earlier and it's just, you know, start to finish building out a package. I think this is based on uh, the package that Steve just recently built. And so it's it's got every like it's every step that he took through the whole thing. Like he's easy, like putting mm-hmm. his editor config, like, first of all, shout out for having that. That's the best. And like, it's, it's everything. <laughs> and one thing I really like about Steve's writing is he, he brings his opinions to all the code snippets. I know when I'm usually mm-hmm. writing, I, I try to be like very, like almost like not put too many of my own opinions in there, but Steve's is like, really opinionated and I absolutely love it because it gives you an insight into how he's thinking, how he's doing stuff, how people, how people do do stuff out in the wild. And then there's also, you know, there's, there's reasoning behind those opinions as well. So you can get an insight into what he's thinking and why he made those decisions. So Mm -hmm. if you want to, yeah, if you want to learn some stuff and level up, definitely go check out any of Steve's stuff he's been writing. It's, uh, it's really fantastic. Uh, Definitely. And the next one that he's done is uh, another, another epic post, uh, on using Laravel model factories in your tests. So this goes through kind of explaining the purpose of them, um, how you might try and write something uh, when you first start using models. Um, so for example, you might, if you've got a post, uh, sorry, not um, when you're st- starting with models, when you're starting with factories, uh, if you've got a post, you know, it might be published or not published. And so he puts the conditional kind of right in line. And then he shows how you can extract that out and put it behind kind of the infrastructure that uh, model factories have so that you can call, uh, you can say, I want a published post. I want an unpublished post. And it will specifically do that for you in a really nice fluent API. So 
this this article is really great. It it kind of goes again from starting from the very beginning through to some kind of more advanced things, uh, setting a title on a post, but also having the slug be the title as well, so that it's not just the, you know the title and the slug match. And that's that's really nice details for your tests. Uh, and so this is another mm-hmm. really great post. So if you're not familiar with model factories or if you want a refresher, or again, if you want to see how Steve's bringing his opinions into these things and how he does things, go check it out. Um, there's lots to learn in these posts. Yeah, and and just talking on model factories, I think I've mentioned this on the show once before, but I'm going to link to this. It's it's from the ThoughtBot blog. ThoughtBot, ThoughtBot are a uh, Rails consultancy, but they have this article um, talking about factories should be the bare minimum and how you should try and keep your factories as small as, as possible because something that that you can kind of get a little bit carried away with is having these kind of comprehensive model factories that you know every time you create a post it also creates a comment and then you you kind of end up in these scenarios where you end up with data that is superfluous to your requirements for a test because you're creating a post and a comment and the comment has a user and the user has a profile and all this kind of stuff kind of cascades down and then it makes it difficult to make narrow assertions with your code um, and things like that and and especially when you get into these cyclic things where a you know a you create a user that has a post and then the post is going and creating a comment and the comment's going to create another user and you end up with all of these extra records as well um so keeping your your model factories as as small as possible kind of keeps you out of trouble and and gives you a really narrow focus and and so with factory states and things like that you can really compose the exact things you need in the exact scenarios that you need them without having to worry too much about, you know, what's inside them and, and that kind of stuff. So I will add this one to the show notes as well for everyone to check out. Yeah, th- this is something I kind of didn't quite get when I first started out. I, I really, uh, you know, every attribute that was ever possible was on everything um, it, it, I, or had all these relationships and all these things. But I definitely learned the mm-hmm. hard way that, that that's painful. And it was also really hard to unwind once you've done it as well because yep. so much of the world yep. depends on it. And you get all sorts of things like, I can't remember the actual term for it, but the thing that comes to mind is like phantom users. Like, like you've said, where like mm-hmm. you don't actually realize that you've created 10 users, but you think you're only working yep. with one, but actually, yes, there's, you know, every comment had an author and that author has, is a user right. and you know, it, it, it can really mess with things and also performance as well. You might not notice mm-hmm. it on one or two tests, but if your application is living, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, and all these things are being created and not used, that's going to, you know, it's it's yeah. definitely going to uh, drain a lot of CPU time. Yeah, it's definitely something to, to be mindful of. Mm. So, mm. yeah, check that out. Um, the last thing I have here, I, I tweeted over the weekend, I'm, I'm always interested to see what folks are working on uh, in the community and, and not, you know, not just people like me and Tim and, and Jess and, and, you know, like we know, we kind of know what those people are working on because they're, they're always working in public and they're in, in prominent places. But it's it's always interesting to me to see, you know, the lesser known people are, are, you know, people that maybe don't have the presence or don't have the inclination or whatever else, but they're still building really cool stuff. They're putting out really interesting content and things like that. Um, and so a couple of things that came back to me that I, I just wanted to share. Uh, one is an article or, or, or is a... Um, a mailing list, actually. It's called SQL for Devs. It's from Tobias Petrie. Um, and he's been putting out some really good content in, in tweet form for a while in terms of, you know, writing optimized queries. We, we, kind, of, we kind of forget with all the power that Eloquent gives us. Um, maybe we don't even learn SQL these days. But we kind of forget that Eloquent is certainly a gateway to our database. 
but it does give us the ability to still write SQL. And, and you can write that SQL within the constraints of Eloquent in terms of using the joins and um, subselects and all that kind of stuff built in. But it's important, I think, to still understand how to write SQL that's efficient because as you write bigger applications and as your application starts to scale, you can run into issues. You know, N plus one is a classic issue that I see all the time where Eloquent makes it really easy to just query the database whenever and wherever you need it. And, and you run into N plus one issues and, and you know, saps memory and it slows your application down and things like that, where if you're still writing SQL at the highest levels, you know, at the controller levels, making sure that you have all the data that you need at the outset, and then that flows through into the rest of your application, keeps it really quick. So Tobias um, has this, art, uh, this, this newsletter, it's at sqlfordevs.io, and he talks about more knowledge and less magic, and that SQL is not complex. And having a better understanding of SQL changes the database black box perception to a time saver, reducing development effort. Um, so I encourage folks that uh, have have sort of viewed SQL as a bit of a black box to come and check this out. You know, he he posts fairly regularly every couple of weeks. There's there's tips always on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter as well, and and definitely check out the newsletter. Um, and the next thing that I have here is Stephen Reese Carter, who has spoken at a couple of Laracons now on security. And this is this is actually a paid newsletter. It's a new project that he started called Laravel Security in Depth. It is a paid mailing list, as I said, powered by Substack. And the idea is that each month he will send out an in-depth analysis of a concept of Laravel security. They could be you could be looking at existing tooling and how best to use it to keep your app secure, to explore custom code and design patterns, to write secure solutions, and anything else that that uh, that strikes the fancy in that in that sort of space. Um, and between monthly emails, there's also weekly security tips to fill the time. Um, free subscribers will receive just one of these tips each month. So definitely check that out if if security is something that's of interest. Um, I will link into the into the show notes as well the the two talks that he's given at Laracon's gone um, and and if you're uh, needing someone that does security audits for your applications in a professional capacity definitely reach out to Steve as well I think he, he tweeted the other day that he has some availability for that so um, check that that out but if if you do you know have anything interesting going on in the community share it tweet at me tweet at Jake tweet at Laravel News you know submit your links to Laravel News at laravel-news.com slash links. We've got the community archive there as well where anyone can submit their stuff and, and you know, it goes through an approval process, of course, but it's generally just to make sure that we don't have any spam coming in. And and we always like to see that, you know, everyone kind of gets to share their voice in some capacity through the community. So and that, I think that's all that we've got here, Tim. Thanks for taking the time to to sit down with me. No troubles. Um, it's, uh, I, I, I tried... I tried um, it's it's hard, right? It's because Jake and I have been doing this for a number of years, and so we kind of we respect the time difference, and it, it's hard to kind of bring someone in on that kind of time difference on short notice. So it's it's nice to know that that I've got some some mates locally that that can you know half an hour different is much easier than fourteen and a half hours difference. Or I tried to tee up something with Steve actually, and and because he's in in the UK, that that time zone is just criminal well that time difference is just criminal because it's either my dinner time or his middle of the night kind of thing like there's no nice overlap really so yeah definitely I, thank you very much i was going to ask if you wanted time. to do it at 7am just to kind of make you feel more comfortable with the uh yeah. <laughs> with the normal timings no yeah. no troubles thanks so much for having no, me I, I appreciate it it was uh, good fun
No worries. Uh, show notes for this episode will be at podcast.lyrell-news slash 173. You can find us on Twitter at Michael Dorinder, at Michael Dorinder, at Tim MacDonald87. I'll put that in the show notes because I always forget it. Um, at Laravel News. If you could leave a rating or review in your podcatcher of choice, five stars is always appreciated. And as always for these episodes, thank you so much to our sponsors at Honey Badger. You can check them out at honeybadger.io. We will be back in two weeks. Hopefully, Jake and myself will be back on board. See you then. Catch you later.